Hey everyone, it's Henry, Mike, and Chris of the Decentralists. And it's another hot topic, this time about our good friend Mark Zuckerberg. And of course, he's been up to his the same old shenanigans again. And uh, you know, some are saying he's a kingmaker, some are saying he's a king breaker, but he certainly has a lot of influence. Mike, what do you think? Well, Henry, you know, I mean, my, one of my favorite topics um, is Mark Zuckerberg, um, just simply because there's just so many things to talk about. Um, but this one is this one is is particularly important. So, you know, over the last, if you if you haven't been living under a rock, you've noticed that there's now a brewing battle over social media in the United States. So it was about a couple of weeks ago, Donald Trump sent out a tweet, which he you know does an average of 50 times a day. <laughs> and, you know, so think about how many he sent. And for the first time, social media, one of the platforms, in this case, it was Twitter, put an advisory on one of his tweets, asking people to put that it's saying that it could be potentially um, false or misleading, and that you should check the facts of what was in this tweet. Right. And so, so, you know, Donald goes bananas. Um, he, he signed an executive order, starts going after social media, accusing them of, um, moderating the content that's on these platforms, which then makes them a publisher. And he wants to strip them of these protections they have of currently not being considered a publisher. So I think we talked about that. We have a, we've gotten, we've talked about that last time, but one of the other things that has happened as a result of this is now you've got Mark Zuckerberg who runs the biggest social platform stepping out of the out of the fray and he's maintaining his his attitude that he is not going to interfere with anything on his platform that he is that people should be allowed to have their free speech none of donald trump's information or anybody else's information theoretically that goes up on this platform but for sure donald trump's information none of it that goes up on facebook gets censored because that's not their role in society and so, you know, in a, in, a, in a kind of a court of law type session, you can see arguments about free speech versus not free speech. But in a political arena, this becomes something completely different. And so Chris and I were talking about this the other day, and, and Chris made a very interesting comment. He said, Zuckerberg is positioning himself to be the kingmaker. And so I'm going to turn it over to Chris to explain what he means by that. To put it simply... Um... What is the number one decider of elections nowadays? It's it's Facebook. Um, we saw this play out in the 2016 presidential election. Uh, we saw it play out in the uh, British parliamentary elections, I, I think, last year, right? Correct. No, it was the uh, Brexit, the Brexit elections. It, also the Brexit, Brexit yep. uh, referendum as well. Right. So we did right. see it in the Brexit. Yep. We also saw it in in the uh, in the in the parliamentary elections. We we saw it play out in in Brazil. Right. We saw it play out in the Philippines. Heck, I, I think I think actually it's I think actually the number the count now is sixty eight. Sixty eight what? Sixty eight elections have been influenced by Facebook. Wow! Wow! And and not just elections, but genocides too. Absolutely. They even acknowledge that one. Yep. They acknowledge genocide in Myanmar. Exactly. With the Rohingya. Oh my goodness. So, so this, this is a company with a lot of influence. Correct. Um, and Zuckerberg keeps apologizing. He keeps saying he's made a mistake. He keeps saying he, the, the company's made a breach of trust, right? 
Mm-hmm. But as the old saying goes, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And heck, shame me three times or more times than that. The the whole the whole system is faulty. Right. <laughs> Correct. Correct. <laughs> right? Uh we got ourselves a problem of trust. And we we have a fellow who who keeps saying, you know, who keeps apologizing but makes the same mistake again and again and again. When you keep damaging the world's uh, democracies and you do it with so little restraint. Right. What, what's, what, what's to say that you're actually sorry? Well, and it's not even that. I mean, Chris, it's, it's take it to the next level, which is, I think, you know, where this is now starting to get dangerous, right? Is, is you know, the clearly uh, in those instances that we all mentioned, the, you know, Brexit 2016 and the 68 other elections, Facebook was used to influence the results, okay? And they basically acknowledged it by paying the fine. And so when you do that, what, what in effect is happening is, is Facebook is, is making the, 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 any kind of political result available to the highest bidder. Because this is all ac- accomplished by using the platform to influence people. Correct? Yep. Absolutely. Right? So now we've got this, we're in this position where we have one person. Right? I mean, in effect, because he also is the majority shareholder and controls the board of directors and everything else of Facebook, who's, who can literally go around the world and say, you want to be elected? How much are you going to give me? And, and the price is, is, is so very little. The, the cost of Cambridge Analytica, you would think it would cost them billions and billions of dollars. But in fact, it cost them, I believe, little little more than $10 million to, to inf- influence that referendum. So it's, it's, it's clear the man is a kingmaker. Right. Absolutely. Now, here, here's my question is, is, how did we get into this in this situation? Because... I'm I'm not an old fellow. I'm 38 years old. I remember a time in which people got their uh, people got their news from a variety of sources. They got from TV, radio, newspapers. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen anymore. Um, over the past 10 years, Facebook has stolen the entirety of the news business. We we can go ahead and say Facebook is the news because half of all Americans get their news primarily from Facebook. And you know why that is. People are, most people, half the population are just, are just simply lazy. Oh, there's information while I'm socializing online. That's all I need to know, as opposed to picking up the New York Times, uh, watching uh, 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 CNN or whatever, or other sources that can give them a balanced view. People are generally lazy. Well, or, or just, or just, it's, it's, it's either laziness or they're questioning who to trust. You know, if you, if you go to BBC or the New York Times or the Washington Post and you read an article and let's say you read an article that you don't agree with the viewpoint, which is what journalism is about, right? Good journalism mm-hmm. should, should challenge your conception. Make you think. Of, right. It should make you think. But if, if instead you think, hey, I don't like the tone of that article. 
and you start to question kind of the editorial bent of the person who's delivering that content, it, it's easier to just take it from Uncle Fred than because right. at least you know Uncle Fred and right. he's never led you astray. And so if Uncle Fred just posts the New York Times article or something else in his browser, it's easier just to read it through the read it through the timeline and say, well, at least I trust Uncle Fred. I don't know that I trust the New York Times. Yes, because you're comfortable with his values because you've known him all your life. Correct. That's exactly that's ex exactly the problem here, um, because according to, to Pew Research, um, 73 percent of Facebook users use the service primarily to catch up on news. Now, that surprised me because I thought that the reason why people use Facebook is to talk to their friends. 73 percent. Yeah, 73 percent. That use Facebook Shocking. primarily to catch up on news. So the shocking thing is, is, is that, is that, you know, I would think that Facebook would be all about connecting people. That's, that's their mantra, right? That's their mm -hmm. cor corporate motto, connecting people, but no, it's to catch up on news. And the scary thing about that statistic, 73% is that, um, when it comes to fake news, Facebook is by far the worst perpetrator. Right. Yep. Well, because because think of it, hey, they also control like over seventy percent of the advertising market now too. Really, they bypassed Google. Oh yeah, for sure. Wow. 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 Right. Wow. And so you start to think about right. You start to think about this combination of the news, right? Like, think about it. You could read the New York Times. Do you going back in the old days, right? You could read the New York Times. You could watch the CBC. You could do things like this. And then there would be ads that would be placed within the, 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 the feed, right? Because CBC needed to make money in order to pay the reporters and all these other kinds of things, right? Those ads mm -hmm. were not owned by the CBC. Correct. Right? And they were not determined by the CBC. And they were not, you know what I mean? They, they would just say, here's a spot, a slot. It's prime time. It's, it's not prime time. Here's what it's going to cost you. It doesn't matter who you are. You can put an ad in there. Yeah. And in fact, um, whether they agreed with it or not, if it, if it goes over a certain level, remember in Canada, we've got the Advertising Standards Council, and they will review any offending ad and decide whether Correct. it can air or not. Correct. Whereas who, who looks over Facebook? Zuckerberg. So <laughs> I just want to mention another interesting statistic I found out last week, which is 98% of Facebook's revenue comes from ads. Oh, man. Now, that's a shocking figure because if you look at their primary competitor, which is Google, well, Google, sure, they, they make money from ads, but they also make money from licensing. You know, it, you know if, if you want to... If you want to Android verified uh, smartphone. You know you have to pay Google to 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 get the uh, the Play Store on your on your Android smartphone. Correct. You know uh, Google also sells hardware, but Facebook all their money comes comes from advertising, and advertising means uh, in in their cases surveillance and harvesting uh, user data. Yeah, correct. Exactly. Correct. So that's that's a problem because Facebook, at the end of the day, they don't care about whether things are factual or not. What they care about is time spent on site. Mm -hmm. And the right. more the more people spend being outraged, um, whether it's fictional or factual, yes. is the more time they 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 spend uh, talking on Facebook. 
right. arguing on Facebook, spending time, and so therefore uh, uh, Facebook can measure it and then monetize it through advertising. Okay, so if we've decided, um, or it's obvious that uh, Zuckerberg is a king maker, doesn't it follow that if he wishes, if he wants to, he could be a king breaker? He could change the status quo without a doubt. And and I mean, there's a, there's a couple of different ways to look at this. The other side of it, okay, is is you know, you can be, you could be kingmaker. You know, one of the things, one of the reasons why, you know, we're calling him a kingmaker is because while all of this is happening with, with this war is brewing with social media, but they're targeting the guys that are blocking. Okay. So Twitter and Snapchat, for example, while that's happening, Mark Zuckerberg and Peter Thiel are going to have lunch at the White House. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, M- Mike. Speaking of which, our our, our good friend Peter Thiel. Yeah. That's that's a, a king that 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 uh, Zuckerberg has certainly made, hasn't he? Absolutely. Well, or vice versa. I mean, you could argue that potentially maybe Peter Thiel's the ki- real kingmaker behind everything, right? But because he made Zuckerberg into the kingmaker. But the, oh, ab- the tr- absolutely. You know, but the truth of the matter is, Chris, you alluded to it earlier. You know, you said they spent something like 10 million bucks on ads on Facebook to buy the Brexit referendum, which in enough in itself is a shock. Well, okay? that's, that's a King breaking thing. Like to destroy the EU. That's king exactly. Breaking. Well, it is, but, but that's not the point. The point is now that everybody knows, you know what I mean? Basically what's the conversation behind closed doors? Who has more money to give Mark Zuckerberg to buy the job? Okay. Exactly. So then it leads to the natural question. All right. I mean, how much money does he need? I mean, like Bill Gates doesn't need any more. There's going to be a point where he doesn't need any more money either. So therefore, what is his motivation to make and break and influence the world? Is it just uh, megalomania? He just wants to be some type of controlling body or is he, I don't know. Who wouldn't want to be that? I think, I think Facebook isn't just about money. It's about accumulating power. We, we, we can look at the evidence, um, you know, prior to, uh, prior to, to 2010, the only folks who, who were able to, uh, to, to make money, like physically make money were governments. Now Facebook's trying to, to replace the world's currency. And by the way, failing with, with, with Libra, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right. Um, Facebook is, is now trying to be the arbiters of, of truth. Uh, and when they're not the arbiters of truth, they hide behind free speech. That's power, right? right? And they never define, by the way, what free speech is. Ever notice that? They could ban you for, for saying something on f- Facebook, but at the same time they can say, oh, Trump is allowed to say the things that he's able to say because of free speech. Um. Mm-hmm. And then we, we could look at it. We, we could look at other, other things that are, that are frankly scary. If, if you're able to, to, uh, to, to influence a, a genocide, right. Correct. That's power. I, I, I don't know what is greater power than ending somebody's life. Uh, I would say nothing. Right. Yeah. Well, and I mean, if we're not just somebody's millions of people's lives. So um, in 2010, Peter Thiel, that that's, you know, one of Facebook's early investors. He wrote a big blog post and in the, the blog post, um, he basically questioned whether women should have the right to vote. <laughs> when was this? This was in 2010. Yeah. 
Like only what? Only what? About eighty or ninety years after they okay, got. And what was the his boat? purpose for such a bizarre question? Well, uh, Peter Thiel's one of one of those guys who likes to style himself as as a libertarian, meaning that if you have enough money and you have enough capital, you should be the one who 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 runs society. Mm-hmm. And of course, Peter Thiel thinks he's he's one of those guys who should run society because he's got a billion dollars. And according to P- Peter T- Thiel, you know, now now that he's um, accumulated all this this wealth, you know, he he should have a greater voice than everybody else. Doesn't matter how he got that wealth. <laughs> exactly. So the 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 thing to remember about the Thiels and Zuckerbergs is they feel that capital equals political power. Um, And that's where, where Facebook gets dangerous. Right. Because, because now Facebook, what they essentially want to be um, is, is the decider of people's fates. Right. And, and, and I'm frankly, I'm very uncomfortable with that. I don't, I don't think any company should, should decide elections. Hey, companies can't vote in elections. Correct. Right. Like the, you know, if, if corporations and companies can't vote in elections, they shouldn't decide elections. That's a very good point, Chris. Very good. Very, point. very good point. And, and, and it's also, you know, I mean, there's even, there's even controls over the influences that companies can have over their own employees. Right. I mean, it used to be back in the days when before they had different political campaigning rules and things where companies would basically, you know, kind of force all their employees to donate a certain way. Right. You want your job, you give money to the Democrats. You want your job, you give money to the Republicans or whatever the case may be. Right. And and, you know, now that isn't even allowed anymore in the legitimate world. And so that, you know, one of the challenges you kind of have here, um, guys, is that, you know, regardless of which side of the political spectrum you're on, there's always going to be a loser. Right. Like the truth of the matter is, is if you have, especially in a place like the United States, where it's a two party system, in effect. Um, and in reality, basically, one of the two is going to lose the election, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's and and whether and when you know out front that the game is fixed, and for some reason you don't get along with Mark Zuckerberg or Peter Thiel, one or the other or both, what is your hope of actually running in this election in a successful way? Like what? What does somebody like in the in confronted with this this kind of what is seeming to be much more obvious, okay, um, exercise of control over the electoral process, which is which is what Facebook's absence from this debate over content, okay, is. What does that mean for somebody like Joe Biden and the Democrats coming into the next election? Well, what it means, I would gather, is that if Joe wants to win the election, he should, he should, uh, I'm not saying he should, but if, if his purpose is to win the election, what's to stop him from paying for the election? Well, he's got to buy an awful lot of ads on, on Facebook, and I think he is. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, if, 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 if elections are all about buying them, how, how democratic are they? Well... Well, that is correct. And, you know, so I think what you what you can do, right, um, what you can do is is I've started to see a little bit. Uh, I think the New York Times. Um, yeah. Cecilia Kang at the New York Times um, revealed on June 11th that the Biden pre- presidential campaign is starting to go after Facebook. 
So what's starting to happen is that, you know, you've got on the, what's shaping out at least coming into this, the next, this next election is it's not only going to be, you know, kind of Trump against Biden, Republican against Democrat. It's going to be kind of Facebook versus social media, you know, where, 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 you know, they're, they're being targeted. Facebook's kind of stepping out of the side and clearly stepping into the side of, of Donald Trump's campaign. And one of the things that you can maybe do is do what Biden's done and say, rather than getting into a, a battle with cash and how who has more to spend, you try to get into a battle of ideologies, which is, I think, more what politics is supposed to be about. Correct. Right? And so what you start to do is draw attention, bring things forward, and maybe what you start to see is, is the king uh, maker can be turned into the king breaker. Because now all of a sudden, you know, being associated with the campaign that maybe doesn't win and is no longer reflected in what is hopefully a more socially just world, which is kind of what's happening right now. You can see the fabric of society, not just politically and not just economically um, and, you know, kind of socioeconomically, but you've, we've also, you know, we've also got the, the clear systemic racism that has to be tackled in our societies you know, there's a there's a big shift happening, and there's a real risk here that Mark Zuckerberg does come out on the wrong side of this. Well, now to that end, Mike, and, and I want you know uh, both of you to weigh in on this. Um, it seems as though Trump is upset with uh, Zuckerberg because, of course, Trump he thinks that conservatives are having their voices stifled on social media and Facebook, whereby Biden um, he's calling out the fact that uh, uh, Trump is getting a big boost. Uh, from 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 Facebook, and in fact, Biden seems to be putting Zuckerberg in the crosshairs now. Uh, no matter who wins in November, where does this leave Mark? Well, one thing I will say about about Facebook is the they're an equal target of hate, no matter which side of the political spectrum you are on. <laughs> That's right. That is correct. Right. Even if you're the most conservative of conservative people in the world. Um, you do not like Facebook and, and ditto if, if, if you're liberal, Correct. um, nobody likes Facebook because everybody knows the game is rigged. Um, if you're conservative and, uh, Hey, Bloomberg became the democratic, um, uh, candidate instead of Biden. Uh, well, guess what? Bloomberg has more money than Trump. Exactly. <laughs> and they actually, they actually said that. I remember that them mm -hmm. actually talking about how, you know, the Democrats should make the decision as to who was going to run against Trump based solely on the fact that who had more money, which was just unbelievably crazy. But that's what they said. Oh, well, hey, if we let Mike, Mike Bloomberg be the presidential candidate for the Democrats, he has to be, um, you know, he has to make everybody. Uh, he, he's going to obviously be able to buy more Facebook ads and win this election. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if, if I'm a conservative, um, I would know going into this election that, that, Hey, all it takes is somebody with, with, uh, with cash to, to, uh, to basically Trump things. Hmm. So, so elections are no longer about ideas. They're no longer about policies. They're no longer about about things such such as uh, what kind of country I would like to live in. It's it, or it, facts. It's exactly, not, no or longer facts. about facts. 
it 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 comes down to how much capital am I willing to invest to get to get the uh, the job? And we need to be there's there needs to be a new technology to take us away from all of this. We, we, we can't live like this forever. No, we can't. And, and, and I mean, let's face it, I, you know, in a world, as Chris just said, in a world where everybody hates Facebook, then we've got to find a different alternative to Facebook, right? And we've got to, and it's almost got to be the exact opposite if we're going to fix everything. We've now had 20 years of, or 15 or 20 years of Mark Zuckerberg's outrage and misinformation dominating it. Everybody hates them, right? Then, then why, do we, why are they still there? We got to do something different. Exactly. I think that's a fantastic uh, way to end. Chris, Mike, thank you very much. Um, I tell you, this, the lead up to this election and the conclusion is going to be absolutely fascinating. And I hope that we can uh, it, it somehow help change the world for the better. Thank you, Henry. Thank you, guys. Thank you.